Hello, welcome to Off Curve, I'm Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving to the supermarket. It is July 11th, 2021, Sunday, July 11th, 2021. Um, I got a new car mount. This is, this is the content you're here for, clearly. I got a new car mount that's magnetic charging, so I can actually, like, some, a little bit of inside baseball. The whole time that I've been doing this, I, ha I have, like, a like a little lavalier mic that I clip into like the sunglass holder um, to to record with, but it's lightning, so I can't charge and record at the same time, or haven't been able to, and now I can because this thing just like, you know, mag magnetizes, oh, wow, that was a word, onto the, the mount and then charges at the same time. You know, magnets, how do they work, right? So that's that's a, a, little, a little gear improvement I've given myself, uh, you know. You probably not all that interesting, but it's exciting to me. So you know. Um, so I'm at like diamond, uh, about to between three and four right now. Um, I've I've been deliberately taking this climb a little bit slow, just because I'm I really don't want to get burnt out. Um, and I'm fairly confident that even if I don't make it to legend, I'll probably keep 10x if I play at this rate, just because I'm not playing a ton of games, but I'm doing okay, I'm just not, um, you know, I, I haven't gotten quite there yet, but um, I'm not super worried about it, I think my MMR is probably good enough to keep me at 10x, even if I um, even if I don't make it to Legend this month, but I, I've been trying a few things, I, I did the, the Shaman thing for a little bit, mostly to clear the quest, I, I've gone back to, I was doing a, co a priest coaching with Sway Bay last night on Twitter stream. Um, which I will link in the show notes if um, if she highlights it, or, or I might just link the stream. That'll only be up for two weeks. But so if you're listening to this later in the future, uh, you know it, it won't be super useful. But I mean, this this deck's gonna get nerfed next week anyway, so it probably won't be that useful after that anyway. Um, but I I've been trying a priest with um, I've been sticking with like the yoink list, and I think that's not as good against shaman as I thought it was. But we ended up um, kind of switching midstream to a modified version of like the standard priest with uh, double condemn, double smite, and the nameless one. And that actually was working really well. Uh, the nameless one, I don't know why um, why I ever took it out of the, of the lists. Because that was doing some significant work. Um, particularly at Shaman, like being able to respond to an, an Arid Stormer by getting a 4-4 rush wind fury of your own is pretty decent um and and even some of the other things that it can pull i mean in the mirror there's plenty of targets for it um you know you can you can get just like big rushers or you know something like a run thack or whatever out of a rush warrior um there, there's a lot of decent uses for it so that's what i'm going to try to climb with for the next few days i don't I don't mind that it takes a little bit longer. If I see a bunch of people trying to play Priest also, I'm pretty confident in my ability to win the mirror. Um, and, and if it's... I mean, we had a pretty good win rate against Shaman on stream. So if that's most of what we're seeing... And, and a lot of what is on ladder right now is being influenced by, like, the Fire Festival quest, where it's making you play, like, three Paladin games, three Hunter games, ten Shaman games, and three Druid games. So I'm seeing a lot of shaman and druid people just trying to get those cleared up, cleaned up and this is pretty decent against those so 
um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I'm, uh, I'm fairly, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit optimistic. We'll see how the, how the rest of the climb goes, but I'm definitely going to keep doing that also because I want to get to my 5,000 priest wins. Um, I'm at 4905, somewhere between 4905 and 4910. So I really would like to get to that 5,000 priest win mark soon. So hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get there. All right, so this is going to be the uh, rearview mirror episode for uh, Fortune of the Baron. So if you're newer to the, to the show, um, I do a card review with Mad at Arms. Um, and so that will be the last weekend of July. I don't know exactly what the dates are, but it'll probably be Saturday and Sunday. Um, usually we do it at like 10 a.m. You know, like keep, keep an eye on my Twitter and I'll probably announce it here soon. Um, we'll have at least one more episode before that because we have, we know we have balance changes coming next week. So, um, there will definitely be an episode next week that I'll talk about that and I'll try to finalize the times before that. Um, but in the meantime, so what I did, what I do, um, you know, once usually when we get close to the new set is look at the ratings that I did for the last set and kind of talk about which ones I got right, which ones I got wrong that were kind of, you know, against the grain and, um, and, and try to figure out like why, why those were off. And then we can kind of, you know, use that as information for the next time. So, um, I have a couple of significant ones that I got right. And then a couple of ones that I was pretty far off on, but that's, that's always the case, right? Like nobody's perfect. We never have quite perfect information. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of trying to, trying to get better at this. I mean, I've been doing this a long time since Angora. Um, but there are always things you can learn, right? Like there are things that, and you always kind of come in with your biases and sometimes you overcorrect. So I, I think it's, it's a good exercise to, um, to do this. So I'm going to start with the ones I got right first. Um, and, and cause there's, there's basically two classes of cards where, and, and on some of them I was hedging on some of them I wasn't. Um, but, and, and some of them, Matt, Matt and I definitely had some disagreements on the show about. Um, but the the priest cards from Wailing Caverns, all of them, I I was very right on all of them, right? Because you know people were trying to convince me the priest of Anshi was good. Um, people were trying to convince me that that against all odds was good, and um, I don't think anybody really thought the Dungeoneer was great. Um, I think once you look at the holy spells and you see, like, what you're getting, um, it's, it, you're never building a deck around the holy spells, and if you're not building a deck around the Dungeoneer, like, um, like Elemental Shaman is, generally those are pretty low value, um, and, but even, like, the payoff wasn't great, right, so I think we all kind of agree that the Dungeoneer was not good, um, Priest of Anshi, I, you know, there were some folks who were trying to convince me that, that was something that you want in Control Priest. And my my position from the jump was at least as far as Priest is, is currently built, you do not want to draw cards out of your deck, period. You have enough generation that you don't need to against non-control decks and against control decks, they turn into fatigue matchups and you never want to be putting something in your deck that draws cards. And you certainly don't want like more of these coming out of Ray's deck, right? And now I think that that proved to be right. Um, yeah, Priest of and, and ultimately we have Thrive in the Shadows if you really want that. Like the one deck that might want to do that is like Rally Priest, 
but Rally Priest runs Thrive in the Shadows, right? Because you also don't want those minions coming out of Insight. You want the, the Rally minions coming out of Insight. So um, I think I was pretty clear, pretty clearly right on that. And then the more that Against All Odds got played, the clearer it was that it was just not good. Um, there are, there is the deck that, even the deck that runs Wave of Apathy with it only runs one copy because it is really only good with Wave. And if you don't have Wave, it's just super awkward most of the time. Like, it, it's, sometimes it'll get you a partial board clear. Sometimes you get really lucky and it'll just, it'll just clear the whole thing. But a lot of the time when when you do it, it's just like sitting in your hand for a lot of the game trying to find value. And then you often end up having to just rip it for suboptimal value just to be able to play it and get it out of your hand. Because um, it just doesn't line up. There's not really a good way other than Wave to, to manipulate opposing minions' um, attack. Like, even the buffs that we have typically buff by plus two, plus two by plus two attack rather like apotheosis is a common one that's the most common buff that you're going to run in priest and that doesn't change the the even odd of the of the attack priest of um or or uh, power of feast doesn't is also plus two attack um psyche psyche split is really expensive for what for trying to do that and it it ends up killing your version too right if you're able to tweak it that way so it might be that we get other cards that more that more reliably affect um attack of of opposing minions and then maybe against all odds gets better um that's always possible but those have to be kind of not at, at the cost at, at an extreme cost of like playing a card right like wave of apathy you need to have a reason to play wave of apathy right now um it, it didn't used to be that way but cabal acolyte's not common and you need to have, really have a good reason to play Wave of Apathy. And right now there isn't. And against all odds is not good enough. So if we get more support for being able to adjust the attack and the attack of opposing minions, then maybe against all odds gets better. But as of right now, I, I was completely correct that that was a worse ver excuse me, a worse version of um, of Shadow Word Ruin. So yeah. I'm pretty happy that I at least like got the priest cards right. So the other class of cards that I got right were the um, the Death Rattle Demon Hunter cards, and and I remember this is something that Matt and I had a, a fairly long discussion about on the card review episode, right? Because, and I think one of the things that you know, well, I mean, partially is that it didn't have enough support until we got the mini set. And I think, I wonder, I do wonder if Fell Rattler was part of the main Forge in the Baron set, if we would have thought about it differently. But it's also that the way that we've been conditioned to, um, to, to approach Death Rattle decks in the past has been things like, um, like, like Cobalt, like, uh, not Cobalt and Catacombs, but like, um, but Death Rattle Hunter with Rexar and, and Katharina and whatever. And like Big Priest, right? Like those are the Death Rattle decks that we're used to. And those are generally 
expensive minions or, or maybe not necessarily expensive minions, but minions with really powerful death rattles that otherwise would be kind of difficult to, um, to trigger. Oh, and, and cube hunter would, uh, not cube hunter, cube, cube lock would be the other one, right? Where you've got carnivorous cubes, you've got void lords, you're putting, um, you're putting doom guards into, into, into carnivorous cubes and then doubling them. And like, that's the kind of death rattle decks that we've been, that we've been used to. And Death Rattle Demon Hunter is not that, right? And I'm pretty sure I said on the card review, like, this is more in line with, like, Demon Hunter's identity of being relentless. Where it's not, like, a lot of, like, big bombs, right? It's just, like, you you clear the 3-3 three, three and another 3-3 three, three comes out. And it kind of keeps coming, um, un until you clear that whole wave, right? So even though you're clearing the board, there's still stuff behind it. And then eventually that kind of exhausts the opponent's removal, and then you're able to kind of snowball, and then you have Death Speaker Blackthorn to, you know, to, to start it over again and whatnot, right? So, and, and that was what happened. It just took, it took Wailing Caverns to come out for that to become a thing. Um, just because you needed... You, you really didn't need, like, one more good Death Rattle minion for it to work. And I, I do wonder if it... If that had been in the original set, if we'd, you know, been a little bit more enthusiastic about the archetype. But I, I think that I was correct on it. That that was what the deck was supposed to do. And, I mean, that's exactly what it did. I mean, there is the, the big de Death Rattle Demon Hunter also. Like, you can do that. But I, I don't think that that's quite as prevalent and it's not really the way that it was designed to go. I think the way that it was designed is really the way that it is now, which is um, which is just like a lot of little things and that the little things drop other little things and just make it really hard to, to get ahead and then you always have, you know, a little Dark Inquisitor as a finisher, right? I mean, that, that kind of makes every Demon Hunter deck right now viable. I, I don't know, other than like OTK Demon Hunter, there's not a Demon Hunter that's not running that, so... All right, so those those are the the things to make me feel better about the rest of the episode because we're now we're going to talk about the things I got wrong. Um, cool. So Cold Car Pack Runner and Wound Prey, I was both really low on, just because like, you know, you look at it, and it's like, well, what do I want a one one with Rush? What am I doing with that? And again, because we're used to those types of things being, um, pretty core to things like like Quest Hunter, and it's like, well, why am I why am I summoning all these 1-1 one, one minions? What are they going to do? They're easy to clear. Well, when they keep coming, <clears throat> then it is kind of difficult. Like, the, the Kolkar Pack Runner, it didn't occur to me, like, how much it demanded remo immediately, immediate removal, right? Because, like, the, the Face Hunter, as it's currently built, plays a fair number of spells. And, like, those little minions do add up. Even if you're not running things like Wriggling Horror or whatever to buff them, I mean, you still do run, like, Adorable Infestation and stuff. So that that kind of does help turn them into a little bit more of a threat. But, I mean, it's still a 2-2. But it's just, like, the, the Zerg Swarm that does kind of overwhelm you after a while. And it does give you, with enough spells, um, pretty consistent ways to trade through minions in the way in the early game and kind of snowball an advantage. 
and 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 then it does demand removal, or else like you you're just kind of continuing to get swarmed by it. Um, and then Rule Prey just kind of feeds into it because it's like two one ones with the with the Colcar Backrunner, which is what it comes out to be. And then and I mean, it is a little bit better than the Arcane Shot if the minion sticks, um, just because like that one that one damage is recurring, as opposed to Arcane Shot where the where that one damage is used up right away. So I I, I definitely did underestimate those cards. Um, they're clearly core at every face hunter. And, and they'll probably be around for a while just because it's, it doesn't really ask all that much of you other than you're running a, a fair number of spells, which Face Hunter is right now, um, just running spells that, run, that generate minions. So, yeah, I, I definitely didn't, didn't look at... I looked at it like, well, what's 1-1 going to do when I wasn't looking at it like, what are 5-1-1s going to do, right? So for a card like that, you don't... We, I shouldn't... You know, the listen is not to look at what one activation is going to do. It's more like what old several activations look like, right? And several activations of a Kokar pack runner is actually pretty scary when you're on the other side of it if you don't have an answer for it and you can't immediately remove the pack runner because it's just going to keep coming. So that is that is definitely a big miss on my part. So Varden Dongrass was another one that I overestimated, but I don't, I don't think I actually did. And I think this is where you do need to be careful when you're reviewing some of these cards at the end of a set when it when a de when a, a class only has one archetype right because cards that don't fit into that archetype aren't necessarily bad they just don't have a home right and the only real archetype for mage right now is no minion mage so varden dongrasp is extremely powerful card and especially if we do see more frost spells and it seems like we probably will, given the quest line that was introduced with United in Storm in Storm Stormwind, um, then we'll probably be able to get more value out of Varden and actually be able to trigger the second part of her ability, where it does damage if the minion's already frozen. But <clears throat> even if not, like it is a still still a powerful minion. But the problem is, Mage doesn't play minions right now. So any minion that we raided you know, anything over like a two just would seem like it is a miss because mage doesn't play minions. But I don't think that it's necessarily the case that mage is not going to play minions for the next five sets. Right. So I, I, that's something that you do need to keep in mind. I'm kind of pointing this out to, um, you know, to kind of level set some of these, um, some of these cards because, you do need to keep context of what is val what is valid in the meta right now. And for Mage, even even though Minion Mage is not great, but like, and I was probably a little bit higher on the on the uh, the the Hero Power cards than I ought to have been. But again, I, that seems like an archetype that maybe will get a little bit more support and might get better with like one or two more cards that helps there. Um, I think the problem with with Hero Power Mage and Mordress in particular. I was I didn't even have Mordress on my list, but I really should have, and I'm I'm talking about it now, right? Is that like by the time that you can get Mordress to happen, if you're not doing it like multiple times, it like with like a broom like a brewmaster or something. Even a brewmaster is it's it would have to be like conjure mana biscuit brewmaster, which some decks do run, right? Like that's a thing that happens. But then, you know, you're kind of making the rest of your deck worse because you're playing these combo cards just to get a little bit more value out of this card. But, like, the 10 damage 
like that late, it probably doesn't matter. Just because either you've won without that 10 damage or that 10 damage isn't going to move the needle. So it, it kind of feels like, yeah, you get a board clear and 10 damage and that sounds great until you actually do it. And then it's like, well, okay, that happened. <laughs> it's like, okay, now what? Because <laughs> we've built up the whole game to get this to happen and now we did it and now we're still not closer to winning. Right, so again, maybe with a little bit more, um, more support, that'll get a little bit better. But that that seems like it was just like the payoff just wasn't good enough for the the kind of effort that you need to put into building a deck around that card. So, Cannonmaster Smythe is another one that seemed like it was going to be better than it was, and I guess the this is almost a. A matter of not under not not seeing, and I don't think anybody really could have like how bananas Secret Paladin was going to be. Um, I mean, sort of the Fallen. I think we we pretty much had it nailed. Like as far as like that one three weapon was a lot, and you know we I, I think we probably pretty much had that covered. And, and I think we knew that, that Secret Paladin was going to be good. I think that it's it's both that Secret Paladin didn't need the... Um, it, it didn't need that as extra oomph because it was good enough. And it actually was kind of counter to what the secrets were doing for you. So, like, in Secret Paladin, the value of the secrets was with them being live, not being turned... They didn't need to be turned into minions. Because, like, some of them already do. Like, like Galloping Savior turns itself into a minion. Right? So that, like, that already does that when it activates. And, like, the other ones, like, they get value by virtue of making your opponent play around them. Once they're turned into minions, they don't actually provide that value anymore and they're actually easier to play around because you'd almost rather just leave a 3-3 on the board than have to deal with playing around the secret um, so Cannonmaster Smythe was in the original list and then it came out pretty quickly and that's something that it, it's again it's hard to um, it, it's hard to see that at the time because we just didn't have this kind of secret synergy to be able to um, to be able to see like what the, that that what that was gonna look like. Sorry, there's like an accident like right here. I'm like I'm not even like on the road. I'm in. I'm just got gas, and there are these two guys who look like they had like a minor fender bender. I can't even see any damage, but they're having a nice big argument about it, um, and and kind of making it hard to pull out of this parking lot. <laughs> Um, which is probably more interesting than kind of Master Smythe. But anyway, that's, so if I'm a little bit distracted, that's why. So as usual, um, I got rogue cards wrong. That happens. I don't, you know, it's, it's well known that I don't really enjoy rogue as much as the other classes. And I tend to um, misevaluate those cards. And I don't, I don't even know if there's a way to get better at it. It's just going to happen. Um, but Yoink is a card that I completely dismissed, and then it, it's, I mean, it's not really meta, but it's better than I gave it credit for. Um, there was a list that Juristus was running with Yoink, uh, a Miracle Rogue list, 
and it's actually not bad um especially with the octobot because you can get uh the mage hero power and then just have a free activation for it um but also it just kind of gives you something to do with your hero power when you're not going to re-dagger um and it's two free activations which is something like again is it a card you're throwing into every rogue deck? No. Is it complete trash tier, or as I put it, a, a, a nerf for Wandmaker? I, I don't think it is. <clears throat> I mean, being able to get Life Tap off of it is actually significant. Um, being able to get the the um, the Mage Hero Power is good. Even just sometimes the extra damage off of like it's it's one mana four damage if you take the Hunter Hero Power, right? So like there like there are a couple of whiffs like the shaman hero power is not fantastic, um, you know and, and neither is really the I mean even the paladin one's not bad it's definitely lower tier than what you're looking for but like there are enough decent hero powers that you would activate twice for free and I mean you're basically doing it once on that turn and once on the following turn and then you get your other hero power back so you're really not even giving anything up. So I really kind of, it, it's, again, it's a utility card. It's probably, if I was going to rate it now, it would probably be like a three. Whereas I'm pretty sure I gave it a one. Because I just thought it was completely, like, just, just a way to print a bad card for Rogue. But it actually is, is situationally useful. And, you know, if you get it off of some sort of a discover or, um, or a random effect, or, or even in that miracle list where you are just running it specifically to try to get the major or warlock hero powers, I think it's fine. Um, it's actually surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be in practice. And and finally, we get Swine, Swine Tusk Shank. And I think that the lesson with this card is... And it's kind of a fine line, right? Um, between the class already has something like this that they don't play. So why do they need another one? Or, or not even that they don't play. That they do play, but they don't really need another one. To this is enough of this kind of card to give critical mass to start building a, a, a deck around. Because, and, and again, we didn't know that, um, you know, weapon roll, like the Penflinger nerf had not happened when we did the card review, right? So like Weapon Rogue, before the set was released, was much more of a, a da like a, a spell damage deck that it was using the spells in in conjunction with Penflinger to kind of get over the top. And once Penflinger got nerfed, that's when it became much more of like a weapon-heavy deck where you needed multiple weapons because you're, you were basically building the entire deck around weapon damage. And so you need you just the, the uh, self-sharpening swords by themselves weren't really enough to get you there. You needed a second um, a second set of weapons to get there. So it, it's this is one of those things where it started out as, well, why would you ever play this when you have self-sharpening self sword? And the answer is, why not both? And, and I think that it's... That's a question I don't ask myself enough when we're doing card reviews. Is... If it's something like we already have, it's it's kind of like, why not both? Or is this enough to make a critical mass to make a deck work around this? I don't think I asked that enough. 
And that's something I'm going to, I'm going to have to really take a step back and think about a little bit more because I know that there have been a few cards that I've missed on hard because I haven't given enough thought to the idea of, is this enough to create critical mass to build a deck around this, around this, this type of card? Because I'm trying to think, of, I can't think off the top of my head what the, I know there's been other ones like that recently. And so that's something that I really have to kind of take back as a lesson and, and not just dismiss something because we already have a card like that that's not played. Well, maybe it's not played because it's the only one of those cards that does anything, right? And like against all odds is kind of another example of that. Like right now it's bad. If we get something else like Wave of Apathy that procs it, all of a sudden it, against all odds it becomes much better. Um, so that's one big thing that I'm going to try to take away and then I'll think about when we're going into um, the new set. And we're going to have quests to build around and stuff like that. That can always change things as well. Alright, so that's going to be it for um, for this episode. So I would expect another episode to be out Thursday, uh, probably Friday. Um, we're expecting, or I guess Thursday, right? Because we're going to get the patch notes on Wednesday for, um, for the next set of balance changes. So I would expect that I'll probably do a, um, a show Wednesday night and then that'll be out Wednesday or Thursday. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Um, you can find uh, links for this show and every show at offcurve.com. Uh, you can also get notifications for when new episodes go live at off, at off curve on Twitter. Um, you can, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wicked good. Um, I stream Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at uh, twitch.tv slash wickedgoodfm. Uh, there's also the Discord, which has a lovely and talented and kind and generous and welcoming group of people at um, discord.offcurve.com. And um, yeah, I think that's it. So um, thanks for listening as always. I know you have a lot of places where you can put your podcast listening attention. And um, I really appreciate you spending your time with me. And uh, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.